0: you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Happy Thursday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of the Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, I discuss the landscape of each division following free agency and recap some of my favorite signings. March 21st here on the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Sons coming to you live. I wanted to give a little bit of a recap on free agency. Now I know free agency is ongoing, so we're going to continue to see teams add more players as there's still several notable players on the market in Dominican Sue, Justin Houston, to name a few, but I want to go through each division here in the NFL, talk about some signings each team has made. I also want to share some of my favorite signings as far as value and how they can help their team moving forward into the 2019 season. So let's go AFC South. First team here, the Houston Texans. They've been pretty active in free agency as they've signed Brian Body Calhoun from the Cleveland Browns, one-year deal. Of course, they placed the franchise tag on Jadavion Clowney, which is expected to be $15.4 million, as long as he is classified as an outside linebacker. Signed Darren Fells yesterday, one-year deal, blocking tight end there from the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Gibson, I really like that signing for Houston. Now, I know that there is rumors and reports out there that the Texans were going to go after Earl Thomas, but as we know, Thomas ended up getting the money that he wanted, $14 in a year. The Texans were unwilling to match that, so they went ahead and poached a familiar foe Gibson as he was with the Jaguars for the last several seasons. I feel like, yes, he may be aging and is probably not the same type of player that he once was, But what Houston is looking for is a veteran ball hawking safety that can come in and complement that front seven that gets after the passer. So I think they accomplished that. Then A.J. McCarron, they brought in for an insurance policy behind Deshaun Watson. As we know, Watson suffered that torn ACL during his rookie season. So considering the amount of hits that Watson has been taking over the first couple of seasons of his career, it is certainly a smart move by Bill O'Brien and this Texans organization to bring in a guy like A.J. McCarron that can come in that some would argue that he deserves a chance to start. Now, I know he had a little bit of a an opportunity there in Buffalo, but that's after they had invested a top first-round pick there on Josh Allen. So, in reality, I don't think whether he would have started the regular season or not, Allen was going to take over eventually. So, that is a really good depth signing there for the Texans. And they also brought back Joe Webb, who can play quarterback but plays special teams as well in a one year, $1 million contract that was signed earlier today. But the signing that I most like for the Houston Texans is Bradley Roby. Roby, he's 26 years old. They're giving him a one year, $10 million contract. So a prove it type of deal that where if it works out there in Houston, the Texans, they do have some cap flexibility and there's potential there for a long term deal, which is why I believe Roby was committed to going to the Texans. He had plenty of other suitors out there. Very young, still emerging. Started 15 games for the Broncos last season, 50 total tackles, 12 passes defensed, one interception, two forced fumbles. So, you know. You're getting a corner that is very active. He can create turnovers. And you know what? He didn't look very good in Denver at times this past season. But I think that goes just scheme-wise. Joe Woods, Vance Joseph, there's a reason why they no longer are employed by the Denver Broncos. Things just didn't quite work out. But that should not take away from Roby's value and what he brings to the table. And for a Texans defense that's looking to revamp that secondary. They lost Kareem Jackson, and they also cut ties with the former first-round pick in Kevin Johnson, so a guy like Roby is a big upgrade in that category, so keep an eye out for him moving forward. In this 2019 season, I feel like he can bring real value to that Texans defense and Romeo Cornell. Now to the Indianapolis Colts, who they entered free agency with the most money to spend, and they've been relatively quiet making a couple of Low-key signings here and there. They may not be done as they hosted Jay Ajayi for a visit on Wednesday. Of course, they opted not to sign him at the moment because there's plenty of investigation to do on that knee injury, especially when a player, running back for that matter, is coming off a torn ACL. There must be extra protocols in place to ensure that if they do sign a player like Ajayi, that there is incentives put in his contract that, also protects the team if he's unable to regain his form. They re-signed Pierre Desir, three-year deal worth $25 million, which I was very happy to see for a guy like Desir, who was a top pick uh, several years ago. It looks like he had a little bit of a rejuvenation there in Matt Eberflus's defense, so he gets that long-term security. But I'm really intrigued. By this Devin Funchess signing, I know a lot of people were very quick to rip the Colts for giving Funchess a one-year deal worth $13 million. People saying that's robbery. He doesn't deserve that type of deal. But you know what? I'm a firm believer of Devin Funchess. I know he's coming off a very bad year, 44 receptions, 549 yards, four touchdowns. He had his share of drops as well. And it just looked like Cam Newton and Funchess we're not on the same page. But let's also remember that Cam Newton was not healthy for a large portion of the 2018 season. As we know, he underwent shoulder surgery, so he was unable to make those throws that he typically can. Because if you go back to that 2017 season, which isn't long ago, Funchess had 63 receptions for 840 yards and 8 touchdowns. That's when Newton was fully healthy. And Funchess... He's just 24 years old. So there is a lot of potential in this player. You put him in an offense with Andrew Luck, who looked fantastic in his comeback year. T.Y. Hilton on the other end. Now you have Eric Ebron, a target where they gave a two-year deal last offseason, and he had himself a Pro Bowl year. I like that sign. They brought back Marcus Hunt. Clayton Gathers and re-signed him after he visited with the Cowboys and Bucks, and that's a very good signing to compliment Malik Hooker. They have chemistry playing together and Gethers is a team captain. So that's good for the locker room. So the Jacksonville Jaguars, who they've made a couple of moves here. The most notable one was Nick Foles. They gave him a four year, $88 million deal. Now it does have a max value of 102 million with incentives. So they're clearly buying into Nick Foles as their starting quarterback, not just for a year, not as a bridge guy, but as a leader that can come in and move this franchise and take them to where they want to go, which is the Super Bowl. They re sign A.J. Cannes, so solidifying that offensive line. Of course, they signed Andrew Norwell last year, so they're pretty solid there at both guard positions. They signed Cedric Ogbuehi from the Cincinnati Bengals, a former first-round pick out of a Now, the guy was a healthy scratch. For most of the 2018 season so he's clearly had his ups and downs which is why they're giving him 895,000, which is a lot in terms of money but for nfl contracts not so much jake ryan they signed the former packer i might add two-year deal worth eight million this is a very very good addition to this already stacked jacksonville linebacking core with telvin smith miles jack already in tow but Ryan's coming back from an injury that kept him out for the 2018 season. Very good run stuffer. I think he's just going to add another nice weapon there in Jacksonville. But the one signing that is really underrated, that didn't get a lot of publicity, but I think this guy has a chance to be a very good contributor this season. Chris Conley from the Kansas City Chiefs. The Jaguars gave him a one-year deal. The terms were not disclosed, but he started 13 games for the high-powered Chiefs offense. 32 receptions 334 yards and five touchdowns now you're probably going to sit there and say those numbers are not impressive at all but when you look at that offense that Kansas City put on the field this past season they had limitless weapons with Tyree Kill Travis Kelsey of course Kareem Hunt for half the season And he got overlooked a lot, but Conley is a very productive receiver, and I think he can fit well with the type of quarterback that Nick Foles is who likes to target those underneath routes and keep the chains moving. The Tennessee Titans, they signed Adam Humphreys to a four-year deal worth $36 million, so clearly gave him the money to bring him To help Marcus Mariota. Now, funny thing is, is Humphreys actually had second thoughts after agreeing to a deal with Tennessee because the Patriots swooped in and upped their offer for Humphreys. In the end, he's headed to Nashville. So good signing there. They re-signed Kevin Pamphill. Roger Saffold has been their big signing in free agency. Four years, $44 million deal. $22.5 million in guarantees. He's 30 years old, so some people were not. The most happy with that type of money being tossed around at a guy like Saffold. But look, your Tennessee, your M.O. is running the ball with Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis. That's their bread and butter. So why not invest in a very good offensive guard that's underrated? The Rams clearly weren't able to match his salary demand. So the Titans come in and put him on an offensive line that already has Jack Conklin, and Taylor Lewin, so heads up signing there from Mike Vrabel and GM John Robinson. Of course, they acquired Ryan Tannehill from the Miami Dolphins to back up Mariota. Brought back Kenny Vaccaro, and then they went out and made a little splash there and brought in the veteran edge rusher and Cam Wake, three-year deal worth 23 mil. They clearly feel like he's got plenty of gas left in the tank, so. Dean Pease gets another seasoned edge rusher to pair with a second-year player like Harold Landry. AFC East now. The Buffalo Bills, they made a bevy of moves. And really, it was about giving Josh Allen weapons on the offensive side of the ball. They brought in two receivers. Cole Beasley on a four-year deal. John Brown, three-year deal. Brought in Frank Gore to compliment LaShawn McCoy Kevin Johnson just talked about him, the former first-round pick that was cut by Houston. But here's the one signing that I really like. Well, actually, there's two. One of them was Mitch Morse, so giving Allen that protection, Morse is a heck of a center. Gave him a four-year deal, $44.5 million. Now, you can argue that that's overpaid, but Morse is still in his prime not even 30 years old yet. This is a good-getting free agency. But the signing that I've been wanting to talk about is Tyler Croft, who they signed from the Cincinnati Bengals, giving him a nice three-year deal worth a max of $18.75 million with incentives that could elevate it to $21 million. People thought it was pretty funny when they gave Croft that type of deal because you look at his 2017 numbers— Croft had four receptions for 36 yards. This past season, of course, he was on injured reserve due to a foot injury. But you look at 2017, and I think this is why the Bills gave him this much money, because of the potential that he showcased with Annie Dalton. 42 receptions for 404 yards, seven touchdowns. And this is a touchdown type of tight end that can find the end zone. Big body, 26 years old, still has plenty of good football ahead of him. And he's going to go to Buffalo where he could very easily be one of the top targets there with Josh Allen. And so I really like that pairing. So keep an eye out for Tyler Croft. And if you're a fantasy football player, this is a guy that I would definitely keep on your radar just because he could be a dark horse in terms of just scoring touchdowns because of his ability to create separation as the team moves into the red zone. Now, the Miami Dolphins that really haven't done that much. We all know that they are looking to tank the 2019 season. Word on the street is that Chris Greer really likes a couple of quarterback prospects in the 2020 class with Justin Herbert and Tua Tagovailoa. Those two quarterbacks are definitely on Miami's radar. But they signed Dwayne Allen, the former Patriots tight end. Two-year deal were $7 million. Then they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick on a two-year, $11 million contract. And if you've been listening to these podcasts, I had always said that Fitzpatrick made the most sense for the Miami Dolphins if they were indeed serious about tanking. And that's exactly what happened after they traded Ryan Tannehill to the Titans. They signed Eric Rowe to a one-year deal up to $3.5 million. So another former Patriot joins Brian Flores there in Miami. The New England Patriots, Their big splash of the offseason was trading for Michael Bennett from the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I think we can all imagine that Bennett is going to be successful. He's going to find the fountain of youth there with Bill Belichick. So I think that's a great pickup for the Patriots, who need some edge rush after losing out there on Trey Flowers to the Detroit Lions. And we all knew all along that the Patriots were not going to give Flowers the money He's looking for Detroit and Matt Patricia. They did, and the Patriots move on, and they reset their depth at the defensive end position by acquiring Bennett and then re-signing one of their own in John Simon, who is very productive. They brought back Philip Dorsett on a one-year deal, signed Terrence Brooks, the former Jets safety Brought back Jason McCordy on a two year deal worth $11 million. Then they went out and signed a pair of receivers, Bruce Ellington, one year deal, along with Maurice Harris from the Washington Redskins. So very subtle moves there from the Patriots. Stain low key, brought back Ryan Allen, their punter. And I'm assuming that they're going to bring back Steven Goskowski as well, who's still a free agent. And of course, the big news that's lingering there in Foxboro is the future of Rob Gronkowski, and if he's going to return for the 2019 season. On we go to the New York Jets, who have been the most active in free agency with that money. They re-signed Henry Anderson. Of course, the biggest move there for the Jets and Adam Gase was inking Le'Veon Bell to a four-year contract worth $52.5 million, $25 million fully guaranteed, we know Le'Veon Bell is an all-pro running back. He sat out the entire 2018 season instead of playing under the franchise tag. So the Jets were rumored to be the front runners for a long time. In the end, Bell ended up settling, and he's a member of the New York Jets. They signed Josh Bellamy, the former Chicago Bear. Jamison Crowder, which was another notable signing from the Washington Redskins, he figures to play a big-time role out of the slot for Sam Darnold and Adam Gase's offense, and then C.J. Mosley, they were able to sign him away from the Baltimore Ravens by showing him the money. Five years, $85 million, $51 million guaranteed, so that was enough dough to get Mosley out of Baltimore, joining Greg Williams' defense at That's a unit that already has Leonard Williams, Jamal Adams, Tremaine Johnson. So they may have something brewing there on defense. And then they, of course, helped their offensive line situation by acquiring Kalichi Osemeli. And then my favorite signing for the Jets was Brian Poole, the former DB from the Atlanta Falcons. They decided not to tender him an offer because he was expected to be restricted free agent. He goes free. The Jets get him on a nice one-year contract. He's 26 years old. He started 16 games, three interceptions, six pass defenses, three sacks. He will be their slot corner as they lost Buster screen to the Chicago Bears. So nice move again. Rekindling this defense for Greg Williams. They're not going to be a unit that you want to be playing in 2019. Now to the AFC West. The Denver Broncos, Vic Vangio, the new head coach who's been very active along with GM John Elway getting players there to mile high. It started with Kareem Jackson bringing in the corner from the Houston Texans on a three-year deal worth $33 million. And he's coming off a career year there in Houston. So nice addition. He'll pair with Chris Harris. And I think those two guys will do a nice job of anchoring that secondary they went out and got Jawan James, the offensive tackle, four-year deal worth $51 million. So they clearly want to protect Joe Flacco after officially acquiring him from the Baltimore Ravens. Brought back Jeff Hureman, who was a very productive tight end. And then, of course, the most recent signing was Bryce Callahan, the slot corner from the Chicago Bears. Callahan had many suitors in free agency, and he turned down big money elsewhere is what Some reports are saying just to go reunite with Vic Vangio, his former defensive coordinator there with the Bears. But Callahan, 27 years old, he had two interceptions, six pass defenses, and two sacks. So very productive player before he suffered a season-ending injury. The Kansas City Chiefs, where I really like what Brett Veach has done this offseason. A lot of people are not happy about his decision to cut Justin Houston trade D Ford and part ways with Eric Barry after nine seasons but the guys that he's replaced him with are younger they're on better contracts and I think they have more upside because as I say availability is the best factor which is something that Houston and Eric Berry were very unreliable in terms of them being healthy enough to play in a full 16 game season so what do they do with that money they went out and made a signing of Tyran Matthew, three-year deal worth $42 million. The Chiefs knew the Texans were making a strong push to bring back the Honey Badger, but Veach identified Matthew as their top target before free agency. They landed their guy, and I love this signing for a Kansas City defense that they have just underwhelmed in the secondary for so long, But finally getting that dynamic playmaker that can make spark plays, that can make turnovers, that Opposing offenses are going to have to respect. They got a new defensive coordinator there in Steve Spagnuolo. So Tyron Matthew now gets to get back there and help this defense grow and move forward. They bring in Alex Okafor, the former defensive end there in New Orleans. Three-year deal. They like his fit in that 4-3 defensive end position. And then how about Bashad Breland? getting him on a one-year deal worth up to $5 million, That is a bargain rate for the type of player Breeland is. We all saw what he did in Green Bay making turnovers. So having him go along with Kendall Fuller, that is a nice one-two corner combo for Kansas City. And then, of course, they brought Carlos Hyde on a one-year deal to back up Damian Williams and provide some competition at That running back position, Damian Wilson also coming from Dallas, a good linebacker for depth and special teams. To the Oakland Raiders, we go where they're headlined by the Antonio Brown trade, where the Raiders just gave up a third and a fifth to land the best receiver in the NFL. And of course, they gave him the money he wanted, giving him a three-year deal worth $50.125 million, 30.125 of that. Fully guaranteed. They backed up the Brinks truck and gave Trent Brown a four-year, $66 million contract. Signed Vontaze Burfecht from the Cincinnati Bengals just the day after he was cut by the Bengals. Jonathan Hankins, they brought him back. Resigned Dwayne Harris. Signed LaMarcus Joyner from the LA Rams. Four years, $42 million. Nevin Lawson, J.J. Nelson... And then the other big signing was Tyrell Williams, a receiver from the Chargers. Four years, $44 million deal. So the Raiders have clearly been active in free agency. Now the LA Chargers to close out the AFC West. Thomas Davis, two-year deal. Good veteran leadership that he's going to provide to a linebacking unit that already has Denzel Perryman and Kazir White. And then they brought back Adrian Phillips, which I think was the best move of free agency for the chargers this is a pro bowl type of safety that i think many people just expected phillips to move on and get a nice contract elsewhere however his market kind of dried up and so the chargers were able to get him back on a team-friendly one-year deal to continue to help derwin james develop and make this defense a very competitive unit under gus bradley and they signed tyrod taylor to a two-year 11 million dollar contract Anthony Lynn knows him very well from their time together in Buffalo. So good insurance behind Phillip Rivers. Now to the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens. They signed Justin Bethel. So good corner depth there and special teams. They re-signed Nick Boyle, which many people were a little bit puzzled by the Ravens' decision to bring back yet another tight end especially when they used a the first-round pick on one last year. Mark Ingram, this is a great signing. Three years, $15 million. The Saints tried hard to bring him back. However, Ingram felt like it was in his best interest to move on, and this is a perfect fit for Ingram, being a part of a run-first, smash-mouth Ravens offense. I think he's going to really help Lamar Jackson continue to develop and grow. He brings prestige And then the big whopper, Earl Thomas, four years, $55 million, $32 million guaranteed. But nonetheless, this was quite the surprising move because nobody expected them to go after Thomas. In fact, Thomas even said at his press conference that he was expecting to go to Kansas City on a one-year deal worth roughly $12 million and bet on himself and enter free agency again next year. But once the Ravens, they swooped in late for a massive deal Next thing you know, he's headed to Baltimore. And so that was a pretty big snag for a Ravens team that had endured a rough start to free agency where they were unable to bring back CJ Mosley. And then of course, Terrell Suggs departing the team and going to Arizona. So they were able to recoup some of that and brought in two very capable and explosive players in Ingram and Thomas, Cincinnati Bengals. They've been pretty quiet. They've made some outside additions, not any big-time names, but they re-signed some of their own, Preston Brown, Darquez Denard, who was coveted by the Chiefs and another team, so they're able to get him back there and, and help bolster that secondary that already has William Jackson and Drake Kirkpatrick. They brought back Tyler Eifert, brought back Bobby Hart, signed John Miller from the Buffalo Bills, C.J. Uzoma. They re-upped him on a three-year deal. Then they got B.W. Webb. So another corner on a three-year deal worth $13 million. So Zach Taylor trying to keep it on the down low is not going to overspend in free agency retaining a lot of their own players. The Cleveland Browns, they're another story. They made headlines for a long time after that mega trade and acquisition of Odell Beckham Jr. To go along with Olivier Vernon. they parted with their 17th overall pick, Kevin Zeitler, and safety Jabril Peppers in the process. They brought back Philip Gaines. They signed Demetrius Harris from the Kansas City Chiefs to give Baker Mayfield another red zone threat. Sheldon Richardson, three-year deal worth $36 million, So good luck. Trying to go up against a Cleveland front that has Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ojanobi, Miles Garrett, so that's going to be something fun to watch. Brought back Greg Robinson, so good one-year deal worth up to nine million. He played very well at left tackle. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who rarely ever spend in free agency, they brought back their own center Marquise Pouncey, making him the highest-paid center in the NFL. They signed Mark Barron, the former Rams linebacker, to a two-year, $12 million deal. And I really like that signing. It's a good value at $6 million per year because... We all know that there's still that void with Ryan Shazier. Now, I'm not saying Baron Shazier because I think they're different players. But Baron is kind of that Swiss army knife that can come in, play in the box, and also be a good defender in the pass game. So I like that addition there for the Steelers. They re-signed Ramon Foster, which was big, keeping continuity on that offensive line for Ben Roethlisberger, Dante Moncrief on a two-year deal, Steven Nelson from Kansas City, And then Eli Rogers on a new two-year contract. So while they traded Antonio Brown and were able to get just a third and a fifth-round pick from Oakland, you can tell that Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, they're just trying to fill some holes before they get to the NFL draft. Now to the NFC, the Atlanta Falcons. Not a whole lot brewing there in Atlanta They signed Kenyon Barner to a one-year deal, so they lost Tevin Coleman to the Niners. So they're hoping maybe Barner can come in and compliment Devontae Freeman. I don't think he's fully guaranteed a spot on their 53-man roster as they do have Ito Smith. They're expecting big things from him, but they did help their offensive line situation, which I think was Thomas Dimitrov's number one priority entering free agency they signed Jermon Brown to a three-year, $18.75 million contract. James Carpenter, the former Jet, on a four-year, $21 million deal. Of course, franchise tag Grady Jarrett, ensuring that he would not depart the team in free agency. So the Falcons, they wanted to get younger, let a couple of their older veterans walk. That's what they've done up to this point. The Carolina Panthers, not much there either. They did sign Bruce Irvin, so the veteran edge rusher, on a one-year deal Then they got Matt Paradis, so great signing there at the center position. Daryl Williams, the offensive tackle, brought him back on a one-year $7 million deal. We know Williams was placed on IR with that knee injury after week one's game against the Cowboys. So again, good value there for the Carolina Panthers, trying to shore up that offensive line. In breaking news, just as I'm recording this podcast, the Colts are signing former Chiefs outside linebacker Justin Houston to a two-year, $24 million deal. So that's a huge get for Chris Ballard and the Colts. I just talked about how they had been relatively quiet, but yet again, Ballard strikes on a deal that makes a ton of sense for a young Colts defense that now gets a veteran edge rusher that can still produce like Justin Houston. Fantastic player on and off the field. This is an A-plus signing for the Colts, especially at this point in free agency. And the word on the street is that Houston had a bevy of interested suitors and perhaps left more money on the table to join the Colts and his former executive there in Kansas City because Ballard does have a background there with the Chiefs. So I'm going to go ahead and progress now to the second half of the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce Arians now in tow. Todd Bowles there, at defensive coordinator. And this Tampa Bay team really made sure that they addressed their defense. They lost Quan Alexander. They just were not able to pay the money San Francisco gave him. But they did bring in some players on one-year deals. Shaquille Barrett, the outside linebacker, who's a player that has a lot of upside. So I look for him. Maybe he can have a nice breakout season. Deion Buchanan, who is no stranger to playing under Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians as he is a former Arizona Cardinal. Ryan Griffin, they brought him back to your deal to back up Jameis Winston. Rashad Perryman, so we know they traded Deshaun Jackson to the Philadelphia Eagles. They get a guy like Perryman, who had a little bit of a resurrection there in Cleveland and has that speed to stretch the field. And then the big area of emphasis for Tampa Bay was re-signing Donovan Smith. And all signs looked like they were going to use the franchise tag on him, but they hammered out a three-year deal worth $41.25 million before that 4 p.m. deadline. Now, the New Orleans Saints, they were finally able to secure Teddy Bridgewater on another one-year deal worth $12.5 million. It looked like, for a while, Bridgewater was actually considering going to the Miami Dolphins, where he would have had a shot to start. But he decides to return to New Orleans and Back up Drew Brees for at least another year. They signed Malcolm Brown, the former Patriots defensive tackle. Three years, $15 million. And now here's the big news. As of last night, they were finalizing a contract with Jared Cook, the former Oakland Raider, who had a career year last year with Derek Carr. He was the clear-cut number one target for Derek Carr. Very explosive tight end. How about Nick Easton? They gave him a four-year, $24 million contract, the former Vikings interior offensive lineman. Max Unger announced his retirement, which was a surprise to the outside world, but it looked like the Saints had an idea that that's the way Unger was leaning, which explains their interest in free agent, interior offensive linemen, so they finally can halt their pursuit after signing Easton. They brought in Mari Edwards from the Giants and formerly of the Oakland Raiders, so trying to add some more depth to that defensive line with Brown and Edwards because they know Sheldon Rankins is probably going to start the 2019 season on the pup list with that torn Achilles he suffered in the playoffs. Brought back Will Lutz and then... How about this? They have Alvin Kamara, a new running mate, Latavius Murray, giving him a four-year deal worth $14.4 million. Murray is a tough runner. This guy is a physical type of back who not only can do it toting the rock, but he's a very efficient pass catcher out of the backfield. He fits the mold in what Sean Payton and Drew Brees like to do. So nice fit there in New Orleans. Now to the NFC East we go, the Dallas Cowboys where there is a strong love affair between Earl Thomas and the Dallas Cowboys. There was a lot of Cowboy fans optimistic that they were going to find common ground on a deal. We all know how that went out. Earl Thomas ended up signing with the Ravens, and the Cowboys fans were left heartbroken. But they have been effective, and they've used smaller deals uh, to fill holes leading up to the NFL draft, which is a philosophy that... Will McClay and Steven Jones, they've adopted. And you know what? It's been successful because this team has drafted exceptionally well in recent years. They brought back Tavon Austin on a one-year deal. And how about this notable signing? Randall Cobb from the Green Bay Packers giving him a one-year deal worth $5 million. Now, he's just 28 years old, so he's a year or two younger than Cole Beasley, who departed for the Buffalo Bills. I really think this acquisition of Cobb can prove to be extremely beneficial for the Dallas Cowboys as they move forward with this 2019 season. Cobb, we know injuries have plagued him the last two, three years. He was unable to see the field a lot last season due to Hamstring injuries and concussions. I think Dak Prescott and Cobb can develop a strong bond on the field and he can be a security blanket for Prescott. And one thing that makes Cobb a little bit more dangerous than a guy like Cole Beasley is his run after the catch ability. Cobb did play running back in college, so he's very elusive. He can make things happen out in space and he is extremely aware of where the first down markers are. So Look for this guy to play a big-time role for this Dallas offense. I really think a one-year deal for $5 million for the caliber of receiver that Cobb is, that's a steal and great value there for Dallas. They brought back Cam Fleming, their backup swing tackle. They placed the franchise tag worth more than $20 million on Demarcus Lawrence, and so they're hoping to hammer out a long-term deal ahead of July 15th's deadline. And how about the shocking news for a while? This was pre Free agency news, Jason Witten, who came out of retirement to sign a one-year deal that carries a base value of $3.5 So they got another veteran leader in the locker room, the New York Giants. Now Giants fans have been absolutely frustrated this offseason after seeing their star wideout shipped out to Cleveland along with Olivier Vernon. They got Zeitler Peppers and a first-round pick along with A third-round pick from the Browns, they sign Antoine Bethea, the veteran safety, who's very familiar with James Betcher, the defensive coordinator there for the Giants. Marcus Golden, in my eyes, was a nice signing, one-year deal. Again, another former Cardinal. He was coming off a a very quiet 2018 season, but you go back to 2017, this is a guy that can get you double-digit sacks if he's healthy. Golden Tate was the big splash for the Giants. Four years, $37.5 million deal. He'll now form an alliance there with Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley. So not a bad addition there for the Giants. Now to the Eagles, who have been pretty active. You know, you looked at their cap space at the beginning of free agency, and a lot of people thought they were going to be cap-strapped because, you know, where's the money they can spend? But Howie Roseman... Always finding new ways to create cap space by restructuring deals, and so he's gotten a lot accomplished. Resigned Vinnie Curry this morning on a one year, $2.25 million deal, brought back Ronald Darby on a one year deal, resigned Brandon Graham, traded for Deshaun Jackson and gave him a new three year deal, signed Malik Jackson for three years, and brought on a veteran safety Andrew Sendejo on a one year deal for good depth. So the Eagles and Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson, these guys have to be very happy with how things have played out. Very savvy and working the cap. And they've certainly made very strong improvements to their roster before the NFL draft. The Washington Redskins, they gave Landon Collins a big-time deal six years worth $84 million, $45 million guaranteed. They really separated themselves from the rest of the interested teams there with Collins because I don't think a lot of other teams are willing to offer him as much as Washington did. Along with Collins, they brought in Eric Flowers, the former first-round pick of the Giants on a one-year $4 million deal, and they plan to kick Flowers into guard. They acquired Case Keenum from the Denver Broncos. So he looks like he's the favorite to be the starting quarterback. Resign Adrian Peterson. Not a bad deal. Two years, $8 million for a 1,000-yard rusher. And, of course, Darius Geis is now fully healthy. For the 2019 season, signed Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie out of retirement. One year, $1.05 million. So very cheap contract. And a player that can still be a factor on defense. NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals, they've been very active just to give you a list of what they've done, they traded for Marcus Gilbert. They signed Jordan Hicks, signed Brett Hunley. This morning, they inked Darius Fallone, the former Chargers defensive tackle, to a two-year deal. Signed Terrell Suggs, J.R. Sweezy, Kevin White. So, Cliff Kingsbury taking over there in Arizona and pretty aggressive. They made some good additions. A lot of these are... Multi-year deals, so they're trying to build a foundation there in Arizona as they gear up the number one overall pick. Looks like all the rumors indicate that they're going to take Kyler Murray and Trey Josh Rosen. We'll see how that plays out. The LA Rams, they are thrilled because they were able to bring back their top target in free agency, Dante Fowler Jr., although it's just a one-year deal, and they got him a nice partner in Clay Matthews, giving him a two-year deal Worth roughly 17 million. Eric Weddle, two-year deal worth 12 and a half million, and then Blake Bortles. So look, defensively, I think the Rams did a very nice job considering their salary cap entering free agency. They're able to move some pieces around, retain one of their own, and bring in two veterans that have championship prestige and that are very savvy, and they can still produce. I know Clay Matthews is coming off a career-low three and a half sacks. But he can still get after the passer and being a part of a defense that already has Aaron Donald. And then you got Wade Phillips, who is an exceptional defensive coordinator. And he's known for getting his edge rushers in the best possible situation. So I, I like that signing. Despite some people criticizing the amount of money the Rams are giving Matthews, he's coming home to California. I think a change of scenery will do him well. The San Francisco 49ers, they went on a nice little spending spree themselves. They signed Quan Alexander to a massive four-year, $54 million deal. Alexander coming off a torn ACL, athletic, dynamic linebacker when he's healthy. Tevin Coleman, was a very bargained rate. Two years, $8.5 million deal with a max value of 10.6. Now they have four running backs in San Francisco, so I don't know how they're going to play it out with Brita mostert mckinnon and Al coleman maybe they trade one before the draft or during the draft but we'll see never hurts to have depth at the running back position they traded for d ford in exchange for a 2020 second round pick so clearly bolstering that front seven for robert saleh placed the franchise tag on robbie gold signed jordan matthews to a one-year deal brought back jimmy ward and how about this They signed the former Charger, Jason Verrett, to a one-year, $3.6 million deal. That has potential to be one of the best free agent signings if Verrett is indeed able to get fully healthy and get back on the gridiron because this guy has dealt with injuries the last two years. It was a knee injury, and then he suffered a torn Achilles on the first day of OTAs last year. So Verrett, he's a Pro Bowl caliber corner that would fit perfectly in that system Playing opposite of Richard Sherman. The Seattle Seahawks, they placed the franchise tag on Frank Clark. They're continuing to invest in this offensive line. They brought back DJ Fluker, who played very well there in Seattle. Two-year deal, $9 million. Signed Mike Iupati, who's now going to play for the third team in the NFC West. Michael Kendricks, they brought him back now. Kendricks is facing prison time for some charges that occurred last December, so we're unsure if he's really going to be able to play, but if he is, they wanted to ensure that he was going to be on their team because they feel like he can be a nice addition for their unit moving forward. They signed Jason Myers, the former Jets kicker, K.J. Wright, which he himself admitted that he didn't think he was going to re-sign with the Seattle Seahawks, but they gave him a two-year deal worth $15.5 million, so Bobby Wagner, very happy to have his partner there in the linebacking unit back. Now, the NFC North, the final division here, the Chicago Bears, they signed Ha Ha Clinton Dix to a one-year bargain rate $3.5 million deal. The big reason why Clinton Dix decided to sign for such a low price was to reunite with Eddie Jackson, his former Alabama teammate. So, yeah, they lost Adrian Amos to the rival Green Bay Packers, but bringing in a guy like Clinton Dix who's 26 years old, he's a ball hawk safety and for that price you got to be thrilled for the value of the Bears and Ryan Pace were able to get there. They signed Mike Davis from the Seattle Seahawks, two-year deal, 6 million. I think that's insurance. So, should they trade Jordan Howard, they know they have Davis on the roster and I think they're almost 100% likely to draft a running back in April, so keep an eye on that. They added Corderell Patterson from the Patriots, a Swiss Army knife that can play running back as well, can be a receiver, can be a deep threat, as well as a return man. And then they signed Buster Screen from the Jets, three years, $16 million. There as Chuck Pagano takes over as the defensive coordinator. The Detroit Lions, they signed Danny Amendola to a one-year deal worth $4.5 Justin Coleman, they snatched him from the Seahawks. I personally really like that addition there in the Motor City. Coleman has been an underrated slot corner for quite some time. This guy is very productive. Of course, the biggest marquee signing for the Lions was Trey Flowers, giving him a five-year deal worth more than 16 mil per year. Jesse James, four years, $25 million contract. So you know the Lions, they made it a top priority to get themselves a tight end for Matthew Stafford. Looks like they feel James can come in and fill that void. The Packers, how about that? Under Brian Gutenkunst, they got off to a little bit of a slow start in free agency, which had some Packers fans getting a little bit anxious and flustered as to why Green Bay wasn't making any moves. But on one day, they netted Adrian Amos on a four-year deal, Preston Smith, and Zadarius Smith all on the same day than Billy Turner shortly after. They brought back Mercedes Lewis on a one-year deal. So Ted Thompson and his days and them being very hesitant and limited in free agency, those days are long gone as the Packers made some moves in free agency. I feel like Adrian Amos, I think that deal for him to go play in a secondary that's filled with young talent, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, And now you plug in a guy like Amos, who is starting to come around and is peaking as a player, just entering his prime. I definitely like that signing for Green Bay. The Minnesota Vikings closing out today's segment. They re-signed Amir Abdullah, so just for depth purposes, brought back Dan Bailey. And how about Anthony Barr? After appearing to lose him to the Jets, Barr then changed his mind and Returned to Minnesota on a five-year, $67.5 million contract. So he's back in the fold. And to make things even better for Minnesota, they were able to work out a restructured contract with Everson Griffin, which gave them some cap flexibility to shore up their offensive line. We know they lost Nick Easton, but they just signed Josh Klein to a three-year deal worth roughly $5 million per year. So you know they're trying to make sure... This offensive line is not going to be as unsteady and unproductive as last year. And they brought back a familiar face, Shamar Steven, the defensive tackle who spent the 2018 season in Seattle, three years, $12.45 million. So there you have it, a rundown of every team, what they did in free agency up to this point. There's still, of course, many free agents left out there. So we'll see how the chips fall and the draft coming up in April, which by the way, I will be releasing an updated mock draft next week, so stay tuned for that here on the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Enjoy March Madness the rest of the weekend in the coming weeks, and until next week when I return for some player interviews, have a blessed weekend. Take care, and God bless. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.